You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey y'all, it's Bridget here. I had the honor and pleasure of chatting with the CEO and the director of mentoring programs, Ted Broder and Stephanie Hook, a big brothers, big sisters of Will and Grundy counties. Did you know that Big Brothers and Big Sisters is the nation's largest donor and volunteer support mentoring network that make meaningful monitored matches between adult volunteers that they call bigs and children that they call littles age six through young adults in communities all across the country. They develop positive relationships that have a direct and lasting effect on the lives of young people. Now, both Ted and Stephanie shared with me just how you can get involved with Big Brothers and Big Sisters in your community and all the awesome work that they do. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this very special show. Stephanie and Ted, welcome to Served Up. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks. We're excited too. Oh, very excited. Wonderful. Ted, let's start off with you. Can you give a little bit about your background and really, you know, what got you into the place that you are today? That's a good question. So I started off at the Joliet Park District for 30 something years um, running their golf courses and all their youth programs. And when I retired, I was recruited, kind of, um, but something I wanted to do um, to give back to the community. So about three and a half years ago, I was asked to join uh, Big Brothers and Big Sisters as their CEO and have loved every second of it so far, um, being able to give back and help um, kids in, in the community that need it. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, have good people in my life. so. I want to be able to give that back. And this organization was a perfect fit for me. That's amazing. You know, Stephanie, kind of the same question to you. You know, what is your background and what brought you into Big Brothers and Big Sisters? I have always been involved with nonprofits, specifically youth service nonprofits. Um, But my journey with Big Brothers, Big Sisters started 12 years ago when I signed on to be a volunteer mentor in the program, what we call a big So I've been a big for 12 years now. The little that I'm currently matched with, her and I have been matched together for nine years. So we were matched when she was six and now she's 15 and she's taller than me and in high school and thriving. Um, But I've loved the agency from the time that I was a volunteer big. So when a position became available to come on board as staff, I jumped at the opportunity um, and have been staff for about as long as Ted. So we joined about the same time. Yeah, that's incredible. Ted, can you give the background of the organization, a bit of the history, how it began, where it is located? Um, is it nationally? You know, I think folks would love to know, is it in their backyards? Can they find it in their local um, neighborhood, state? Yeah, so Big Brothers Big Sisters is a is a national organization. They've been around for over a hundred years. Um, it's the the oldest youth mentoring uh, program in in the world, I think. Um, Joliet chapter came on in 1970, um, and I think we've tried to figure out over over those years. Uh, we co- actually cover. So, sorry, our actual name is Big Brothers Big Sisters of Will and Grundy County. But we cover Will County, Grundy County, Kendall County, Kankakee County, Iroquois County, parts of DuPage. And at one point we had uh, one zip code in Indiana. 
So we are very, it's a very large area that we cover with a very small staff. Um, but in those 53 years, I think we figured out how many kids have gone through the program. Um, tens of thousands just in this, um, community. Um, and, and we still now we're, we're, we're growing every day. And it said our territory is, um, given to us by our national office. And we're located right here in Joliet, uh, right off of Jefferson Street. Um, just moved into a new building, uh, which we'll talk about later, which we're very excited about for people to come and see our building. Well, that's great to know. So we do get a lot of um, national and international listeners. So for those of you who are not familiar with Joliet, Ted's speaking about Joliet, Illinois, which is really the town next to where I currently live. So, Ted, do you know about the history of Big Brothers and Big Sisters, like how it came to be and why? Um, actually, the I think the national office, it's when it started, I did a little bit of homework on the history. And it was um, a businessman who struggled growing up and made it very, very, was ended up being very, very fortunate because he worked very, very hard and got together with a few other people, um, I think out of New York and wanted to be able to help and help kids and not have to go through what he went through. And it evolved into, it was just big brothers back in the day. And then they had a big sisters and then it eventually um, combined um, to be big brothers and big sisters. But it really started from just a, a businessman sitting back and didn't want to see kids go through what he went through and created this program. And now it is the oldest mentoring um, and probably one of the most known mentoring programs in the, um, in the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Steph, can you maybe just carry that on just a bit and tell us about the mentorship part of the program, why that's important to the community, why it's important to the kids and to those who volunteer? Absolutely. So our volunteer mentors are, are every, everyone from every walk of life. Um, we accept any mentor over the age of 18. So it could be those college students. It could be people in their early 20s, middle age, or those of retirement age that have the extra time on their hands. Um, but a lot of times people have a preconceived notion that the big brothers or big sisters in our program are the ones who are of college age and, and that's it. But that's not true. The average age of our mentor is 44 years old. So it's those people who enjoy spending time with children who are able to devote, you know, an extra four to six hours a month to a child who needs that positive role model. So we don't have, we don't have a huge time commitment requirement um, within our agency. It might be different in other in other chapters across the nation, but in our agency, we require a one year commitment, which is which is pretty standard for other agencies as well. So those people who are in other areas of the of the country, it should be pretty comparable. But when our mentors come to our program, we're able to get to know them and get to know what type of child they feel like they would be successful with. So we ask them all kinds of questions about. If they feel comfortable working with a child who comes from a history of abuse or neglect, or if they feel comfortable working with a child who has ADD, ADHD, and they can tell us exactly what type of child they feel like they would be the most successful with, then that's who we'll aim to pair them with. Um, once they're paired with these kids, it's, it's really somebody in this child's corner who is defending their potential. A person who shows up when they say they're going to show up and is making this child feel important. It's not a superhero. It doesn't take, it doesn't take a whole lot. It really is just showing up and showing an interest in this child. So you're playing catch with them at the park or baking cookies with them. Maybe you're helping them with homework and grabbing an ice cream cone. We're not looking for extraordinary, like you're, you're taking them to an amusement park each time you get together, or you're not taking them on shopping sprees. It, it really is those simple interactions that are incredibly meaningful to these children. 
No, that's just so important, right? I mean, we are really molded as a youth, (laughs) as they say. And so, you know, so I think that this program is absolutely key to not just our community, but to all communities that participate. Um, Ted, let's let's bring it back over to you for a moment. Can you talk about some of the success stories that um, some of the mentees have had through Big Brothers and Big Sisters? Yeah, yeah, and we we always say this this isn't just about um, the, the youth in the program. Um, and as Stephanie knows, as being a big, the bigs get out of it a lot, just as much as the youth do. Um, and some of our stories um, that just a couple of them that just came through is next well, actually this week next weekend or this saturday actually one of uh we have a program down in mazan for our our kids our bigs and littles it's a kickboxing um program that are and it's free to kids and bigs in our program to go and we found out about it by their manager called us and said hey Nick, the owner, wants to do something for kids. He was uh, little in our program back in the day, and now he is wants to give back because that helped him get to this point. So that's just a, such a great story, and we love that that a little wants to that was here wants to give back now that he's a grown adult, um, which shows what this program meant to him. Uh, we just had. One story we just got back, one of the littles in the program took, was it for his retirement? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So his big, who they stay in, that's the thing. A lot of these bigs and littles, when they when their match is over, when they turn 18 or after high school, a lot of them still stay in touch, which is really, really cool. So the big retired. So the little surprised him with a trip to Colorado or somewhere out west on a big fishing trip. And they ended up catching like one of the biggest fish coming out of this lake um, in years and sent us pictures of everything. Um, And with that match specifically, they, you know, the little is, is middle-aged now he's married with his own children and still has that communication and still has that relationship with his mentor who he met when he was young in this program. He was being raised by a single mother, did not have a relationship with father. So his mother enrolled him in this program and really just was able to develop a great bond and rely on his big through those tough times and and through growing and and really becoming an adult. Um, His big participated in his wedding. He stood in his wedding. His big was there when his kids were born. And, and was able to, he's, he's seen him become a husband, become a father. Um, and so it's been, their relationship has been intact for what, almost 30 years now, their relationship's been intact. And, and we have a lot of stories like that where um, the littles, um, or not little anymore, but uh, the, their big or mentor is in their wedding or vice versa. Mm-hmm. The mentor is now getting married and that their little is in their wedding. So. Um, it, it doesn't stop once they're done with them. And I think that's what we enjoy so much is getting these stories when they come back to us of um, after after the fact, mm-hmm. uh, after the match is closed, that they are still in contact. That's what makes you feel good and makes what we're doing worth it, I, I think. Yeah, it's a very thoughtful program and very impactful, it sounds like. Uh, so just as an outsider, you know, so bigs are the mentors and oh, yeah. littles are the mentees. I'm becoming hip to the to the lingo we're all using. So is that I guess we should have we should have gone through a nope. vocab habit that early. It's okay. I'm just everybody has their own lingo with every organization. Just to make sure that we've got it right. So that is yeah. really cool. Steph, can you talk about the mentorship program? You know, who's eligible to apply? What does that look like? For the mentor, what's the obligation, really? What is that ask? And um, do is there support along the way from the organization? So every one of the 50 states does have a Big Brothers, Big Sisters affiliation within the state. Um, so there's over 300 agencies that are under the national umbrella. So in every one of those agencies, they might do things just a tad different. Um, but 
overall, it's very similar. And that would be um, a mentor needs to be over the age of 18. They need to pass a criminal background check. Um, They also need to be willing to make that one-year commitment at a minimum. Now, we ask for a one-year commitment, but as we've been talking about these matches, obviously, majority of our matches, what lasts well over a year? So the minimum commitment is one year, but we do have hopes that the relationship would last well beyond a year. A few of the other obligations, they do need to provide us with criminal, uh, I mean, references, uh, authorize the criminal history check, um, and they have to go through trainings, uh, appropriate ways to interact with children, um, safety trainings, things of that nature, and complete an interview with us so we can get to know them a little bit. If we don't get to know who they are, we don't know what type of kid to match them with. So those are the requirements to to go through the enrollment process and what the expectations are there. Um, For our littles, now those are the youth who are enrolled in our program. Um, Pretty similar as well. We want the youth to have some willingness to have a big. If they're being forced into this program, it's not going to work out for anybody. So the youth have to have some willingness to be in this program. Now, like we mentioned before, there's a lot of preconceived notions about what type of what type of kids we serve and who's in our program or different different situations like that. But for the youth in our program, they're considered to be at risk. Now, there's so many things that could put a child at risk. It could be that they are being raised in a single parent household. Or it, they could come from a household with two parents but this child is needing extra support. Maybe the parents are working multiple jobs just to keep afloat. And this child is not having opportunities to have one-on-one time with a caring, positive adult in their life. Um, It could also be that this child is in foster care or has been involved in the juvenile justice system or has a history of trauma or abuse. Maybe the kid is just struggling socially or academically. And they're being identified as needing some extra support. So there's so many reasons why a child could be enrolled in our program. Um, But it's not always that it's a single parent household from a minority child, a poverty stricken home. That's not always the case. That's really interesting, um, you know, to understand kind of painting the picture of what, what it looks like and what it takes, right, to be a mentee. Because I think a lot of times, especially if you're a little kid, you know, you would probably need an adult to expose you to this program. Is it is it um, brought to them through their school? Like, how are folks finding out about it? Sometimes it is a school staff that's referring Sometimes it's another caseworker from a different agency or another social service agency. So maybe the child is in therapy or counseling and this therapy therapist is identifying that this child could benefit. Um, it could be a parent simply Googles and, and begins the enrollment process that way. So it doesn't matter to us how they come to us. We do not require a referral. So parents who believe that their child might benefit, they can easily go on to um, the national website, which is bbbsa.org. They can find information there and begin, find a local chapter and begin the enrollment process there. Um, And each, each enrollment might look a little different for each agency, but it's typical of you go through, go through some child safety training. We want to ensure that every child in our program understands the basics of safety education. So we want to surround our children with safe adults. We also want every child in our program to be educated um, and the parents as well. So they go through all that training. We do orientations. We do interviews. We ensure that, that the children are appropriate for services. If we are not able to meet their needs, we would refer them to a different agency that is able to and invite them to reapply in the future when when we are able to meet that child's needs. Um, that's, that's what the, the enrollment process looks like for those kiddos. But you asked earlier, 
what about support, right? So we're making these matches and then what? What happens then? Well, our matches have support from our professional staff every step of the way. We do regular check-ins with not just the mentors, but with the parent guardian and with the child. So we have regular communications to check in to ensure that a healthy match relationship is developing, that there's good communication between the mentor and the guardian, because that's crucial um, to to build a relationship with this child and the mentor. That that's a crucial piece to the puzzle. We want to make sure that that we're all in a partnership. Um, but we also, not just for the health of the match relationship and communication, but again. The safety of every child enrolled in our program is our number one priority. So doing those regular check-ins allows us to ask those questions. So the children get to speak with our staff members regularly. They get to hear the same, usually the same voice on the phone every time we call. Um, And we ask them questions about how school is going. You know, hey, you told me that you got into an argument with your best friend last month. How's that been going? Were you guys able to resolve that? Um, or we'll ask them about home. You know, how are things going at home? You know, you're, you said that your mom is in a new relationship. Have you met them? How are you feeling about that? We'll also ask them about the time they spend with their mentor. If they're feeling safe, if they're feeling comfortable, um, if safety boundaries are being respected. So we ask all kinds of questions with these littles so that they know that they have a caring, trusted adult that wants to genuinely know, wants to know how they're doing. So every step of the way, we have communication with our matches. We also plan regular events for our matches. Like Ted was mentioning, we have that kickboxing event coming up on Saturday. We have a photography class planned for Sunday. We do painting classes. We'll do um, holiday parties. Um, There's always something going on with the agency that allows us to maintain a connection with those who we're serving so that our mentors feel supported and the kids in the program are safe. That sounds amazing. Um, Ted, can you walk us through what that moment looks like when a little meets the big and when the big meets the little um it, it's it's you have to be here <laughs> and and go through it um when there is a match um and and the whole process everybody thinks that you know i just want to be a big or put my child in a program it's a process so when you when an adult signs up to come in the program their their orientation they go through their interviews um, and all the background stuff. It it you could it could be four months or five to six months before we even call your name out to even start looking at matching, um, because of what we have to go through and um, they're vetted vet very very hard um, to make sure that we're not just putting Bridget with Emily. Um, it, it we want to make sure that this is such a perfect match that it lasts into the future um and, and that i think one of the biggest questions is why uh, why does it take so long and we'll get phone calls I, I signed up three months ago what's going on well we're not putting anybody with just to do it so i think when you find that perfect match finally and you get to um, put them together um it's i think it's more uh, the initial meeting is is I think it's kind of a shock for both of them because you're just meeting somebody now that is going to start hanging out with you, hopefully for the rest of your life. Um, but when you find a perfect match and and, and see it grow from day one, it, I can't tell you what it feels. The girls get to do it more than I do uh, on the matches, um, but I I like to come and and see and uh, uh, and I say play with the kids and I'm I'm a spoiler so. Um, a lot of the kids in our program know me and know me very well. And, uh, he's the uh, one who has candy Yeah, <laughs> or our Christmas parties, you know, when we hand out, you know, Christmas gifts to all the kids in our program and now they just pick what they want. A lot of them will wait until, uh, can, we're going to wait for Ted to get in their own because they know, um, mm-hmm. here's three, four, what do, what do you want? So, <laughs> um, it's, it's very easy for us to fall in love with all these kids. But when you see that 
perfect match and we have some really, really good matches. Um, we've whipped a few times um, that we thought was going to be a perfect match and, and didn't work out. And we literally turned it right back around to try and get both of them matched with the right person. So we're not 100%, but I, I'm, I'm, they're working on it. I'm not grading or anything like that, but they're getting there. So good job. But it is, I mean, and we actually invite all of our, we just invited all our board members to start sitting through orientations and to sit through a match meeting because to see that initial get together, um, it, it, it's hard to, you can't explain it. It's such a feel good feeling that, uh, um, and, and you can, you can see some of them that this is going to be so good and it, it's, yeah. and we love hearing the stories, um, about it. So it's, it, it's, it's exciting. It gives you the chills. Are the, are the match meetings done, um, at the office? Are they done at a park? Like what we, is, what does that look like? And is it, are they together for a couple hours or is it kind of, Hey, hi, hello, let's schedule something next Tuesday. We do the majority of our match meetings. I are here. I'd say mm-hmm. most of them. And I talked about our new building. So we moved into our new building a few years ago and we have our, one of our, one of our rooms is our community room, we call it. So we've got foosball and a pool table and uh, games and a basketball thing um, and all the head things, VR, VR things and PlayStation. So the kids get to know our building from when they first come in. So it's a safe place. It's very secure. We have very good uh, security system in here. So we know what's going on. So when you do a match here, the kids are already in a safe place. So they know they've been to this building. So they're meeting their person here. And, and, and our, and we have, um, our other room is, uh, we have, a, we're starting a learning center. So we're going to be doing tutoring. We have a whole craft area. So the kids come in and do their craft stuff. And we have a cricket that somebody donated. So if anybody wants to make t-shirts and, all that kind of stuff that I like to do in all my spare time while I'm here. I'm on the cricket machine making t-shirts <laughs> for the staff. <laughs> so um, it, it said, and then there are, our matches are allowed to use this building. If they can't find something to do, they just want to come hang out. They can come use our building anytime, any day. Um, and, and it helps. Um, we do have a few that are further out, maybe in Kankakee or Iroquois County um, that we'll, we'll go to them and set up a match meeting there. Um, in a library or a police station or somewhere where we can get a room or an office. Um, but at some point, they'll have come into this building to know they've got this place. Some of our families that we sort of do struggle with transportation. Now, after a match is officially made, the mentor would provide all the transportation. So the mentor picks up from the home and drops off after an outing. Um, but for that initial match meeting, obviously the mentor is not picking up for that yet. So if there is a transportation a- issue, we do everything that we can to accommodate for that family. So we'll send an Uber car, have a meet at the, the closest library or, or, you know, that Ted was kind of talking about those examples. So we do whatever we can to accommodate those families and reduce the hurdles that they face and the barriers that they face for seeking supportive services for their for their youth, you know, there's plenty of parents that need that. But during those match meetings, we will break the ice a little bit. It can be a little awkward in the beginning. It's not always the the magical moments of like instant connection. That's not always the case. It could be really awkward or a child is, is really shy and struggling there. So we will do some basic icebreakers, do introductions. We review ground rules so that we're all on the same page. We know what to expect of one another. We talk about the, the ongoing support that we call match support. We talk about that and the expectations there so they know what they can expect from us as well. Um, we will also talk about things they might want to do together. So they have a whole list of things that they can they can start with just to get them started. Um, the parents are, are encouraged to participate heavily in that initial meeting. So let's talk about if there are any food allergies or if there's any situations that could be avoided. Is little Johnny afraid of big dogs? Is Susie scared of elevators? Let's talk about all those things so that we're setting this mentor up for, for success. So we have those initial conversations and then with our ongoing support, we continue those conversations as well. So if there's changes, 
that a mentor should know about to best support the child. We, we help encourage those lines of communication um, to make sure we're not only setting them for success, but doing everything that we can to promote that every step of the way. What if, you know, folks are listening and say, gosh, you know, that sounds great, but I don't have the time to maybe be a big, but I would still like to get involved. Ted, are there opportunities? Yes. So we we do a lot of um, events um, that we're always looking for volunteers to come and just help us. Um, We actually just finished one up last weekend, uh, our Irish Fest. Um, at one of our our partners um, here in Joliet. And we've got a whole calendar of big events that we need help at and volunteers at. Um, And and we we do it. We get a pretty good uh, turnout from people who call, what can we do to help? Um, We have some organizations from, we had a group from Target come out that wanted to do something. They came and did stuff in our building and organized our basement, did that kind of stuff just to, come and they want to do something. Um, so it's it's been, we have a great community and we encourage people, just call us. Uh, we will find something for you to do, whether it's come help right. us file papers. I and mean, we're, we're a very small staff here for covering seven counties and 71 zip codes. We have four full-time staff. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're crazy. So we look for anybody who wants to help us. Interested in getting back, Steph? We got to pause because I don't know if you moved, but I can't hear you. Is that better? Yes, right there. Okay, go ahead. If it's somebody who's interested in helping and contributing that our our mission, but let's say they don't have the time to do it, they can help by doing a school supply drive, donating school supplies. We also do holiday help for families. I know most of the agencies across the nation do that as well. So there's always a need for for other things as well. It doesn't have to be your time. If If that's not an option for you, there's other ways that you can support our mission and defend the potential of the youth who are enrolled in our program by by doing those simple things that could be stuffing some Easter eggs and donating that for, for an event that they're doing um, or putting it out on social media that, that you're doing a campaign, you're collecting school supplies or monetary donations to support this cause. Um, so little things like that do go a really long way. There's an opportunity for everyone to help, whether it's financially with your time, or just helping spread the word. There's there's an option for everyone. And and we we do more. I think one of the biggest things that we've been working on um, since we both started here is trying to get the perception that we're just a mentoring where we just match a big and a little and they go off and do their thing. Um, once you become part of our family, um, whether you're a youth or or a, or a mentor, if they need help with something. We're there for everybody. We're there for the our little. We're there for our little's families. We've had so many stories or incidents have come up in the last couple of years where a family's house flooded. You know, one of our our one of our our little sleeping on the airbed in his mother's bedroom. So we we reached out and got all new bedroom furniture um, from local donations and local uh, uh, stores um, to go in, and we brought everything loaded up our trucks and go ourselves and set everything up in their house. Um, we have now we, actually in our office, we just went and picked up somebody donated a couple more beds that one of our families needed uh, mattresses. So we got them and they're sitting here waiting to haul them over there when they're ready for them. And we think so we do more. One of our kids last year wanted to go to homecoming and had no clothes. So we reached out and had people donate dress shirts and shoes. And we got him, uh, all dialed up and, and, and sent them off to uh, homecoming. So we do so much more than just matching. We, like I said, you come into our family and we're doing, if you need anything, let let us know and we will figure out a way to make it work. So we're, we're very, um, it's hard to say, we're blessed to have the help from the community to do all these and offer all these things. So trying to let people know we're not just a, 
match these guys and send them off. We, we do more. Um, and that's where we get a lot of help from when we need something, we reach out and, and we get that help um, from the community. That's wonderful. So you really are a true family. And I just love that you use that word versus an organization, right? You're joining a family because that's what families do. They support one another. They should support one another. Absolutely. And we have, so we have such a fun, we have such a great staff here. Um, Our dynamic is, is fun. I mean, we like that fun. Everybody gets their work done. And I think that's part of it. Um, to, for us to succeed, we have to succeed as a as a group here, and, and we have that um, in our support system. So it uh, it makes it easy. And Seth talked a little bit about our adoptive family. So we had, which is anybody in our program, and we have we have so many sponsors that want to adopt a family. And when you adopt a family, it's not just a kid in our program; it's their family. So it could be three three kids four kids, five kids, two parents. And and they will ask them, what, what can you do? Like, I'll take a family of five. Okay. So they get their list of their, you know, the kids wants and needs and they go out and they're shopping for them and come back with wrap presents. And sometimes these are the only gifts that these kids are going to get is what they're getting through here. And we ended up with so many sponsors this year of people that wanted to help our, our organization. So we reached out, not just the kids in our program, but some schools. Hey, you know, do you have any kids that you can do some other church organizations? And I think what we figured 392 wish lists that were 392 wish lists. Um, we we got we got sponsored. And then the families, we have everything come to our office here and we name put everybody's names on them. And then the families come, the parents, and come and grab the presents and we'll be like, you better bring a truck. Or we're hauling them down to their houses wherever they are. Um, which we also do because we like doing that. Um, but it's amazing to see when the when the somebody walks in and sees a pile pile of presents for their kids. Some families go over and above it and do things, and the tears, and then they make they cry, we cry, and everybody's crying. But it's a good cry. So it's uh, um, it, it's it's those little things that that we that we think sometimes it's a little thing, but. Um, and, and we encourage everybody to come be part of that program. We want people to come and see, be here the days that people are picking them up because it's going to be one big crowd with everybody because it's that uh, that exciting. And we'll get a lot of businesses that'll do it. They'll get all, they'll get five, six, seven employees and grab a big family. And, you know, because we have a couple of large families and it's it's fun going shopping for these kids from, you know, what what we think are needs and wants. Um, are a lot different than what these kids' needs and wants are. And I think that's the other thing that brings you back down to reality. Of, oh, my gosh. You know, they don't have any T-shirts. They don't have any socks. You know, things that uh, we get them for gifts. We're like, oh, socks again? Thanks, kid. You know, that's what my kids buy me, socks. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just a neat thing. And so we encourage everybody that wants to be part of that. Uh, we start that in September to um, to get ready for Christmas. Yeah, that's incredible. Stephanie, you know, as we're we're talking about all the work that you all do across so many zip codes, it sounds like it's just, you know, oh, wow. my God, you know, what, and I'm going to ask this question to you as well, Ted, what do you do to recharge your batteries to be able to show up every day for these families, for these bigs, you know, for these littles to deliver on these experiences and to really to be that change maker in the community? For me, that recharges is pretty easy. I love what I do and I love the team that I work with. I feel so fortunate to to work with this team and you've probably already caught on there are a lot of things that we are able to offer and ways we're able to serve that are not in our manual you know if it the kid calls and needs a bed and i'm spending my whole day searching for this kid's bed and everything else is is wait until the next day um the rest of our team picks up and supportive of one another. So the recharge is easy for me. Um, but that 
so much of it comes from the little that I match with. I've been matched with her long before I was staff. I'm able to see that what we do matters. I'm able to see it firsthand. And that is a constant reminder of why we do what we do. And my little has become part of my family. She's she's stuck with me for life at this point. So for me, it's having that constant reminder of why we do what we do. Um, I also have two children of my own. And I joined this program when my youngest was only a year old. Um, she was 14 months old when I enrolled. And my children have gained so much from this program as well, where they know that how important it is to give back and how fulfilling that is. It really does bring so much to your life and bring so much joy and happiness when you're doing things that make you feel good. You're doing things that you know you're contributing. You're making you're making our communities better. And my children have also learned that not everything revolves around them. You know, they are they are my everything, but <laughs> there's still a time where not everything is about them. The world is not revolving around them. And that's a very, uh, it's a good lesson for them to learn. So I think the way that my children have benefited has been fantastic as well. And I get to see that. And I get to see that they're now old enough to find ways to give back to, to causes that they're passionate about, which might not be the same as mine, but they're finding things that they're passionate about and they're finding ways that they can help and they can contribute in their own way. So I think that's where my recharge comes from is, is seeing the positive effects. That's beautiful. You're really leading by example. That's hard to do. That's really hard to do. So that's really, congratulations on that. <laughs> thank you. We're still, it's a work in progress, but thank you. So Ted, you know, same question to you. You know, this this job is obviously not just a job. It, it, it's a family and there's a lot of uh, emotions it sounds like, you know, that comes with um, this type of, of family <laughs> and, and a lot of demands. And, um, you know, how do you recharge your batteries so you are able to show up for the families and for your team? Uh, honestly, I don't I don't recharge. I'm usually discharged <laughs> nonstop. And these, and these guys know that I like to come in early in the morning. Um, whenever I get up, I, I, I head in. Um, I get a lot of stuff done uh, doing it, but it but it's fun work. Um, I, I I I worked thirty some years in the public sector, um, and, and you never know what you're going to expect that day. Um, but not I come in here and I love it here. So we love our staff. We are one big family. Um, we just had a huge event on Saturday that we had all um, the staff and our interns all there to help all day. And so yesterday I I, I came in yesterday morning and uh i cooked a my world famous el pastor tacos for the staff and we had a little staff luncheon and i sat in the kitchen and cooked everything up and we fed everybody and we sat around the table and laughed and uh that's the kind of stuff i enjoy doing that's my recharging is the more i can do to make the staff's lives easier or more enjoyable that's my recharge so i i come in and and, and i i guess i you know, I'm not the boss. They, they run the place. I just I do what they tell me to do. Um, I just try and make it more fun and easy for them to do their jobs. Um, but when I do get out of here, um, I, I, I like to go out and, uh, and enjoy a lot of our establishments around here. I like to play golf. Um, I, I just like to hang out and um, I like to do a lot of uh, I do projects at the house. So a lot of uh, building and remodeling and stuff like that or mowing my lawn um th twice in the same day so they go the different directions and things like that um so you just twice. cut out on that last part about me being crazy <clears throat> I, I, I heard mowing the lawn and then so, it kind of got yeah, i like i like to go out and do a lot of a lot of yard work by mowing and doing different things in the yard and uh that sometimes the neighbors like, what are you doing? I'm going, oh, I got to mow it this way. And then I got to mow it the other way. Um, 
So ask your parents about that. They live three doors down from me. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will ask dad. <laughs> but I do. I love hanging out in our neighborhood. Um, uh, we, we have a, you know, I get home from work and we, we literally get our grills going and uh, we like to cook out. I like to cook out for not just the staff here, but for our neighbors. So when we get some Sundays going and we get in the driveway and bring our grills out and anybody that wants to stop by, we, we, we cook for them and feed them. Um, that, that's my way to wind down is doing stuff for others, I guess. So my yeah. recharge is helping other people. Well, I appreciate that, you know, and, and I asked the question because it is important. It's an important thing. And I think that folks are interested, you know, when you have a, a position like you both do, that is, it is demanding and in, in a different, mm-hmm. unique way, you know, what are you doing to kind of for self-care? And so I appreciate you both really sharing your stories and inspiring um, the listeners. It's incredible. It is crucial to to recognize that um and to recognize that as we're interacting with youth whom some of them come from a history of abuse and neglect there are there are some difficult interviews there's difficult cases um and understanding that 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 can weigh heavy and making sure that you have support in you have support in place and that the people in your life understand that there might be some days that it is fun and we're having a, a staff luncheon and Ted's cooking for us and we're making these matches and seeing great things happen. But there's also days that can be discouraging if if we do have a, a little in the program who is going through a hard time and and we're we're finding services for them. We're finding support for them. It can weigh a little heavier. Or if we're hearing stories of, of things that these children may have experienced, it can be difficult. But but knowing that we have support in place and we we all understand, it, like especially the the people on our team here, they understand what I need at those times, if I just need a hug or if I want to talk about it and process some of those things. Um, or if Ted needs us to leave him alone while he is painting a room or whatever that might be, like we've all gotten to know each other and really do, um, just like you said, understand the importance of that self-care aspect so that we can continue to do what we do and find joy in it. And, and, and we, and, and I know that everybody, everybody has other things going on besides this. Um, even myself as much as I like to think I'm go, 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 go here. We all have other things to do. And I always say here when people with the staff families first, um, so anybody that has any issues or concerns or needs something, um, they know they're not afraid to come ask, can I leave an hour early? Can I leave two hours early? When I come in at a lot, you know, 100%, we know, I mean, everybody has hours. Everybody does their jobs. Take care of yourself, your family, your kids, whether it's doctors, anything that comes first. We'll handle everything else. We have such a good team that they can go, everybody in here can go do what they need to go do, knowing that things are going to get done here. And like I said, that's my one thing is that's first. Mm-hmm. We'll, this will figure it out take care of yourself and, and your family first. And, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, that's wonderful, Todd. And that's some really good advice for all leaders that are listening mm-hmm. to the program today. You know, if you take care of your team, they will take care of the business, right? 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to know, and for our listeners to know from you staff, where can they find big brothers and big sisters, you know, if they want to get involved, what is the first step for them? The first step to find an office near you to find the closest agency to your area, you can go on to Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America. Their website's bbbsa.org. Just search up Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America. You can then click on volunteer or enroll a child, entering your zip code, it will tell you exactly which agency serves your area. 
Um, from there, you can get in contact with that agency directly. If you're having any problems finding your agency or getting in contact with them, get a hold of the national office. They'll help you. They have a, a great fun staff there with a wealth of information so they can help direct you. Um, at those local agencies, they can get you enrolled to become a mentor, to become a volunteer, um, to help in other ways, or to enroll a child. If you're, if you have a child in your life that you feel like could benefit, um, reach out to those local chapters. Um, if that chapter is not able to meet your child's needs, or, or it's just not a good volunteer position for you, they'll find other opportunities, refer you to other agencies if needed. Um, but every we we work with the other agencies across the nation and have good communication with with all of them and it, they're all they're all about the same as we are when it comes to finding what these kids need and getting them what they need. Well, I want to thank you both for being on served up for taking time out of your day to share your personal stories as well as the good work that big brothers and big sisters does. So for so many families in many unique ways, you know, beyond the mentorship aspect. So I'm leaving today's conversation personally inspired, and I want to wish you both a lot of great health and a whole lot of peace. So cheers to you. Well, thank you very much, Bridge. Thank you for having us. This is such a great opportunity. We always love talking about our agency, talking about our our matches and our stories. So we appreciate any opportunity we're given to do that. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers.